Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. It's Irvin Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. I am again so, so excited because I got brother of the show, not just friend of the show, but brother of the show, mighty man of God. Introduce yourself so we can get into part two. Hey, everybody. It's Regis Johnson, son of God, son of Rockefeller and Lolita Johnson, brother of Langston, Wesley, and Brittany Johnson, <laughs> husband of Navia Johnson, and lover of people. So what's up, Urban? Hey, man, I could not wait to get back. Yes. So first of all, thank you for taking our time Amen. to bless us, bless our listeners. Yeah. Let's 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 pick up where we left off. We were really theming and titling this show the gift of doubting God. Yeah. Gift of doubting God because oftentimes we doubt, we're discouraged, we're dismayed with the good Lord, but we act like he doesn't know. Mm -hmm. So in in that doubting, he shows up and he proves that he is yeah. who the word of God says that he is in his faithfulness, his compassion. And my favorite, one of my favorite things about the good Lord is his long suffering. Come on, somebody. Us. Get at it. Give it hey, to him. So I just, we were talking about our conversation last time. And I just want to think, like, God is so faithful throughout the tapestry of our lives mm -hmm. that even when we're in the midst of maybe the darkest, the most difficult time, yep. his hand was always there. Like, you know how you were saying earlier, it's like his rod and his staff is directing and correcting, and we don't even know yeah. when that's happening. And that was exactly what was happening at my time of the life where we, where we stopped this story. And so um, I had just finished that conversation with Dan, with, with, uh, with one of the supporters at, um, at Nick and Sam's, and I wasn't certain if I were going to be able to follow through with this dream that I had had. This dream that I was in the classroom, this dream that I was in the seminary classroom and the, the, that it would be paid for. And I'm sitting in this meeting three months later, February 2020, and this man offers to pay for school. He says, help me be faithful with my tithe, with my finances, but you have to be faithful with your dream, the dream that he believed that God had given me. And so as, as I'm sitting here in this moment, chills go down my spine and, and we talk about the fear of the Lord, this right regard for God, this reverence for God versus the fear of man. It's an apprehension of what man may do to you. It's a distrust of what people may, how they may respond to you. It's a distrust of how something may occur to you. But the fear of the Lord is the opposite of that. The fear of the Lord is, is absolute trust. It's actually absolute trust despite the sensory understanding. Yeah. Sensory. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here at this lunch at Nick and Sam's and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, 
I have to follow through with this dream of being in the seminary classroom. I have to follow through with those providential happenstances of the five people walking up to me and saying, have you ever thought about going to seminary? Yeah. Have you ever thought about going to seminary? Have you ever thought about going to seminary? And so I did. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you took what so often is so hard to do, mm-hmm. which is the step of faith. Yeah. We pray for these things. God gives us a calling, yeah. an anointing, and all of a sudden it manifests itself. And it's like, okay, now you got to step out on that faith. So talk about how you reconcile that in your mind to move yourself ahead in God's calling and anointing. Irvin, it's so multi-layered and multifaceted. Brother, there was a moment where I was like, I don't want to go back to school. Like we heard in the first part of the story where it's like, I'm at Centenary College of Louisiana studying psychology and philosophy. I'm thinking I'm going to go get my PhD in psychology, but I'm not doing the studying over the summers to do so. I'm not getting the, the, uh, the peer reviewed studies. I'm not published in anything. And so when I'm thinking to apply to these PhDs, my advisor says, well, you don't have this, you don't have this, you don't have this. I had the GPA, but I was practicing for my basketball career that I wanted to have. Yeah. And so then when I applied to the uh, psychiatric hospitals, they wanted nursing candidates. Mm -hmm. So one door closed on the academic side, the other door closed on the praxis side, and I find myself in the middle. And so taking that step of faith really became a thing where it was my only option. So I'm training. And as you know, there was the sickness that went around in 2020. Don't know if you heard about it. Oh, yeah. I heard about it. Yeah. And so... It changed everybody's world, right? And so this one supporter that I was meeting with that February Mm -hmm. 20 turned into three more supporting families. And then another supporting supporting family came along. And you want to know how they came along? They came along through ordinary faithfulness in a time of isolation. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the option as a trainer at that time to stop training. And so when the gym closed that I worked at, I started training people at Flagpole Hill over there off uh, Norbuck Park over there, White Rock Lake. And if you guys don't know Dallas, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a nice area over there in, uh, in uh, like near central Dallas. And so I'm training at this lake and the kids don't have any camps or things to go to because the whole world shut down. Yeah. But I don't know if you guys know, but in Texas... Coronavirus didn't have nothing on us. I, I may have I caught COVID four times and didn't even know because we weren't, we just weren't in trepidation we about it. We were not wearing masks. We were not, not <laughs> having <laughs> service. It was like, I we heard about it. Listen, we just kept going. We just kept moving. So, man, I, I mean, I'm all for the medical field. I'm all for helping people out and all that stuff. But I'm just saying, God used that ordinary faithfulness to help provide for my soon to be family, me and yeah. my wife. And multiplied our finances through that training, multiplied our social capital through that training. Yeah. And through those links and chains that were created with those families at Flagpole Hill came a sequence of supporters okay. that said, we believe in that dream as well. Mm-hmm. And so I actually pulled from savings to help pay for my wife and my marriage that happened. We, we got married in 2021. Okay. And it's now been a year since that first conversation in the consent. Yeah. It's funny. It's actually a year. It's February, 2021 when Kavya and I got married. Yeah. 
And so I've kind of put that idea of going to seminary, that idea of going into vocational pastoring on the back burner. But then my friend Noah comes to me and he asks me a question. And the question that he asks me is, where's your dream theology, Regis? Like, what do you believe about God? Like, what do you believe that God will do mm -hmm. regarding that dream? And then I go to the story of Joseph. Joseph had a dream that he was going to be a ruler. But we know what happens. Yeah. He's sold into slavery by his very own brothers. Yeah. And then he's put in chains in prison for a crime he did not commit. Mm -hmm. And then he gets lifted up to serve the whole Mediterranean region. Second in command. It, the Lord... The other day I was praying and I was meditating yeah. and this was the burden on my heart. And I want to share this with our viewers is often our circumstances are contrary to God's promises. Oh man. Contrary to God's promises, our circumstances often they are. Yeah. And that's where the currency of heaven faith <laughs> comes into play that, you know, my grandmother used to always say, she would say, keep the faith and hold on to your faith. Yeah. And when what we see and what we feel doesn't line up with the promises of God, yeah. it does not invalidate. Right. And that's where, as I'm listening to your story, I'm, I'm, I'm watching you, despite everything that's going on yes. around you, keep, as we were talking, you were running the race yes. and you were keeping your focus on Jesus. Being the focus fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith. And so conversation with supporter comes. Supporter one, oh yes, you should definitely do this. Yeah. And supporter one then mentions supporter two that I wrote in my notebook. He didn't even know that I wrote him in my notebook. Yeah. So then we meet with supporter two. Supporter two gives us an open check. Okay, God. But I say, hold on, I got two more families to meet with. Yeah. So then I meet with supporter three, who was the original supporter one back from February 2020. Okay. Supporter three is like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We knew God had this for you. We just wanted to know when you were going to be ready to step into it. Mm -hmm. And then I meet with supporter four. Supporter four came to our Bible study, successful brother in the, in the area. And he came into the Bible study and he said, man, the thing that I love about this Bible study is you all care for me because of who I am. Mm -hmm. Not for what I could do for you. Right. Irvin, you see the juxtaposition. Yeah. yeah. Because God has put this man, this man's family, on my heart to ask for support. Right. To go to school. Uh -huh. What did he say? He said, you guys love me for who I am, not for what I can do for you. Right. Eve, it was the hardest conversation. I mean, I've spoken to, you know, a thousand people at one time. You know, there's, yeah. there's been different speaking engagements and stuff. This was the hardest yeah, conversation I've ever yeah. had yeah. because now I felt like I was putting the narrative of me and this friend who I'm still very close with, the narrative of our relationship on the line. Yeah. I just didn't want to ask. Yeah. I didn't want to ask. We needed a thousand dollars more to have uh, tuition paid for. This brother said he had already done his giving for the year, uh -huh. but he sets aside in a grace-centered giving fund, $2,000 every year, okay. just for circumstances like this. Yeah. Audience, I wanna make sure you understand. We needed $1,000. This man had already done his giving, but he had set aside for grace-centered giving an extra 
double, double what I needed. Exceedingly, abundantly above. And I think or imagine. Oh man, that you know what? That's good. And this this reminds me of stewarding a ministry versus when I used to steward a business. If you needed something, you could, in your mind, you thought, oh, I'll just create it. Right. right? It's hustle. Hustle mentality. Myth of yeah. meritocracy. Yes. Work, 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 work. Yes, yes. But one of the things I had to learn with the ministry is being able to sit with people and humble myself and being able to ask for what we need, right? Yeah. Resources, whether that be money or whether that be people. Yeah. Um, I had to get used to that, right? Yeah. It's like a new suit. and a, But then... What I realized is I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for the work that God has called me to do. Say that. Say I'm that. asking for resources to go out and help young men and young women, those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction. Come on. Not for me, but for the kingdom of God. So when you see me ask, I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for the kingdom of God yeah. and the work that he has called and anointed us to do. Yes. Hey, and what you just said fires me up because as I was going through this story, God has now given Navia and myself $42,000 with assistance from the school and with assistance from these third-party supporters. And other supporters have come along where we've been in school to, I say we because Navia is going through it as much as I am. She ain't taking a class. Right. I, she can tell you some Greek. She can tell you some Hebrew. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, we are one. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I, I will say this, there was a situation this week mm -hmm. Where I'm, because you, know, I, I preach this week at church, one of our South Dallas, and there was a situation this week where our lead pastor and myself had to have that conversation where Regis, your giftings are not for you. Sorry to break it to you, but they're not. And my struggle mentally, which I talked about a little bit in my story, and I want to get more into that today, has been depression for nine years. Wow. Been dealing with clinical depression. I thought it was episodic. I thought it was situational, but there were mm -hmm. those times. Where there's nothing wrong in my life yeah. and my baseline just feels lower yeah. and lower. And it took for me to have a conversation with my psychologist okay. here in town. Um, I'm going to plug him. Dr. Acho. He's awesome. You know, Dr. Acho, Dr. Acho Dr. man. He's awesome. Dr. Acho, we need some support. We plug in that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, but uh, he, uh, he said, Regis, when you stop wrestling with the genetic, Mm -hmm. impetus of your sickness and recognize that as a reality mm -hmm. that it helps you walk through better. Like me rash, trying to rationalize, like, how can I feel this way? I have the joy of the Lord as my strength. Rejoice always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Consider it all joy when you face trials. Like I can keep talking these we scriptures keep, too. Yeah, you keep, yeah. But E, it has been a battle. And throughout the sequence of my story, I would find myself self-medicating with mm -hmm. marijuana, mm -hmm. with alcohol, with an issue that God is perfectly okay with me having. Depression is evil. I'm not saying he gave me depression. Yeah. But what I am saying is he hasn't taken it away yet. Mm -hmm. So he's perfectly okay with me having this thorn in my flesh. Mm -hmm. And I read about this man, Paul. We're talking about doubting God. We're talking about the gift of doubting God. I have this man, Paul, in, the, in this Bible that I read. Yeah. Who says he's received a messenger from Satan that keeps him humble to Christ. Mm -hmm. 
And there are instances in our lives where the circumstance won't look, won't look like God. The setting won't look like God. Yeah. The sickness won't look like God. Yeah. And somehow throughout the redemptive history of scripture, we will see all of those instances bring people closer yeah. to the most high. Yeah. And I would say this. In my life, the provision of God through the circumstances or the addiction hasn't looked like what I thought God would do. <laughs> it doesn't does. look like what I thought God would do. Yeah. I always tell people, uh, I've recovered and healed from alcohol. Yeah. That does not mean, though, that I can now go out and have a drink. That thought I can't think about it. I can't obsess about it. But I'm healed. But I can't engage with it. Absolutely. So pe some people would say, well, it's still a thorn. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, I still have, I still thank the Lord for the provision that I have that is 24 hours today, yeah. knowing that he healed me and I don't have to think about drinking nor engage yeah. in it. And some people say, well, that's not being healed because you can't enjoy a drink. I never enjoyed a drink. I was trying to get You were coping. Drunk. We were right, coping. Right. I was hiding, yeah. running. Anything but enjoy. I, 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 to be honest with you, I never really liked taste of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I just liked the way it made me feel. Right. And for me, being the way I was, me having, I look at people and say, they're having one or two drinks. Why would you? That doesn't even compute in my thinking. Yeah. I drank to get drunk. Right. Right. And get up there and forget all my problems. Talk about how you overcame that. One, and two, make it okay for our church leaders and our pastors. And when I say make it okay, but just just talk about how it's okay to talk about these issues that we know that they have, right? I used to project on the pastors, but now that I'm with them every day, man, they have these trials, tribulations, and I would say it's awful lonely, uh, as a man of God and as a pastor and a church leader, because we all sometimes project on them to be perfect. Yeah. And none of us are that. So, so speak on those two things. Sons of Korah. Mm -hmm. They are a couple of the writers in the Psalms mm -hmm. and they are part of David's choir. Yes. And in Psalm 88, they have this phrase where they say, darkness is my only companion. I mean, Lord, you have put me in the darkest valley. These men in the Old Testament are equivalent to our pastors, our preachers, our worship leaders, our yeah. teachers in today's day and age. Mm -hmm. James tells us not to so swiftly run to teaching because you will be held to account yeah. for those that you teach. But does that mean that the teacher is never assailed by the darkness of this world? Jesus prays in John 17, don't take them out of the world, Lord, but keep them in it. Mm -hmm. As in keep us, protect us, guard us, shelter us in it. And so my story of overcoming with depression is a story that is still, and it's a story that is still being written. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is I don't go to any of the coping mechanisms that I used to use being specifically being yeah. marijuana yeah. drinking to drunkenness yeah. and pornography. Mm -hmm. 
And there is life and life to the full on our full commitment yeah. to realizing there's no space yeah. between faith yeah. and faithfulness. Yeah. Life with, uh, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. We've heard this. Yeah. And we want to beat our chests. Myth of meritocracy. I can do all I can through him who strengthens me. But when Paul is saying that, he's talking about coming from a place of weakness. Yeah. And I can go through the full witness of scripture and point to all of these different instances where individuals have to rely on yeah. Jacob. Yeah. Jacob is literally about to die. His brother, who he schemed out of all of this money, all of this birthright, all of this land yeah. is coming with a force. Yeah. And the night before that happens, Jacob gets tapped on the hip. The very night where Jacob would need to be the most swift, he gets tapped on the hip. And God turns him from man who contends with man yeah. to man who contends with God and is blessed. Yeah. Jacob goes from Jacob to Israel. Irvin goes from Irvin Lee to Irvin, son of God. Regis goes from Regis Johnson to Regis, son of God. Mm -hmm. And so there is not trepidation or paralyzation mm -hmm. or isolation in the specific difficulty that you and I experience. Yeah. yeah. There should be unity. Okay. I just have this burden and I want you to talk to the men and the women that look like us around depression and anxiety and the transparency to get help through the doctors and counselors and the power of God. Man, we, God has gifted so many people with so many different gifts and friend, the hardship that you're experiencing right now. I'm sorry. It doesn't make you unique. It makes you just like your brothers and sisters who are suffering. But when we go and have that pain in our arm or that pain in our mind and, and get an Advil, that's accepted. But when we have an endocrine deficiency, when we have less serotonin in our system than someone who is neurotypical, than someone who thinks uh, uh, in a different kind of way, we then try to marginalize going to a counselor or a psychiatrist. Friends, healing is comprehensive. The body of Christ has a powerful, powerful call to bear one another's burdens in the voice of Galatians 6 verse 1. But we also have a powerful call to seek the healing necessary so that we could be effective for our brothers and sisters. For me, that came in the form of counseling and in the form of community. And in Hebrews 3, we hear it. Let us not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness, but encourage one another daily as long as the day is called today. So find yourself in a circle of encouragement, whether that's a circle of encouragement with an actual doctor. Why do we go for a surgeon when we break our bones and not go for the, to the psychiatrist when our brain is messed up? Go to the doctor. Go to the one that, that can heal you. That's why in James 5, it says we must confess our sins to one another and then we will be healed. Community without transparency is just another form of isolation. Be transparent with your brothers and be healed. Now, on top of that, give them tips and coping mechanisms that you yourself use when you're feeling low yeah. or even depressed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't have a problem with the word depression. Call it what you want. Depression, that's the flesh. Suppression, yeah. that's the world. Yeah. Uh, oppression, that's Ephesians 6, the, 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 the battle that we have with, 
with the uh, the, the evil one. Yeah, and, and principalities, right? Yeah. The principalities. And so for me, um, Dr. Acho has put me on game. Okay. I, brother, share, share that wisdom. I share do not wisdom. have the luxury <laughs> to pick when I go to sleep. Okay. I have to be consistent with my circadian rhythm. Okay. Another thing, um, in Dr. Catherine McCrate, okay. Catherine Green McCrate, she says in Darkness is My Only Companion that she does not have the luxury to not work out. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying do a Murph, one mile, 20 pound vest, one mile, 300 squats, 200 push ups, 100 pull ups, and then do another mile. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is mm-hmm. she works out six to seven times a week. Yeah. Because when her baseline has the propensity to be lower, yeah. she has to give her endocrine system an influx. Yeah. And we can get that influx of serotonin, of oxytocin, of dopamine by doing things that are natural. Yeah. We can work out. I am an extrovert. When I isolate myself, my wife knows he may be on the precipice of a depressive bout. Okay. So I need to find myself with a big brother with a lateral brother, with a someone that I'm walking with yeah. because that makes my brain fire well. Yeah. Depression is not a debilitating disease that can cause you to not live your life. Mm-hmm. There are greats in history that have struggled with depression. Right. I'm not gonna say Jesus struggled with depression, but I do know he came to a moment where he's had to say, not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. And so Fred, if you're struggling, the coping can be simple actions that other people take for granted that we just have to be a little bit more diligent. Yeah. For me specifically, it's my circadian rhythm, it's my diet, and it's working out regularly and finding myself in the in the space of community that can encourage me. Most of the people that I know who aren't just sober but are walking in freedom do a lot of the things that you said, freedom from their addiction, for me, I have to do something physical, working out six, seven days a week. Oh, it's like, take a day off. I'm like, no, because I notice my baseline drops. I also pay attention more to what foods work with my body. Mm-hmm. Like during the day, I'm like, man, if I eat that, yeah. then I feel that that drop, my baseline drops, and then I'm susceptible to, to thinking thoughts or doing things or yes. saying things that aren't the most godly. Yeah. So now I'm like, just don't eat that. Just right. Don't eat that then, right? Right. So I think the rhythm, I always call it my rhythm of living and I don't like to get off of it. Yeah. So talk to them about the importance of that because that's one of the other things that you're an expert in is is uh, physical activity, training, and maintaining the discipline of taking care of your temple. Absolutely. Um, and th- there's a theology of of how kind we are to our bodies as well. It's in mm-hmm. First Timothy four. It talks mm-hmm. about uh, physical training is of some worth, but training for godliness has worth in present and perpetuity. Mm-hmm. So we often say, okay, so then that means physical training is of no worth. But that's just not what Paul said. Yeah. Paul is saying it is important. It is useful for both. Yeah, like this physical training is good. Spiritual training is more important. And so um, for me as a physical trainer mm-hmm. or as a personal trainer, I take a comprehensive approach with yeah. my athletes. Like we rarely going for aesthetics. We are going for health. Yeah. We are going for strength. Yeah. And so for me in my own life, I have to find myself like this is my this is my off day. Yeah. 
But Irvin, I knew it would be healthy for me to come and have a conversation with this brother that I love. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, you are a stand-up guy. Hey, man, so. it, 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 for those who do me before I was like I am now, it's just a testament <laughs> to the power of the living God. Because a friend of mine, she said this to me. She said, man, you, you don't owe me an apology or making amends. If God can change you, <laughs> come, he, on, come on, he could change anybody. And I don't know how I, when she said that, I was like, was I just that bad? And I remember being in this interview for uh, a video, and this is how the Holy Spirit reveals things to you. And the producer said to me, what did you see when you looked in the mirror when you was in your active addiction? And all of a sudden, it just came out of me, and it said, a monster. Yeah. A monster. And I was like, I didn't say that. I didn't purpose my mouth to say that. But right. the Holy Spirit. Came out. It came out to say, no, 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 no. You were that awful. Wow. You were that bad. Wow. And that was a moment of revelation to the guy I was, to the guy, the power, the counsel, the equipping enablement and empowerment of the Holy Spirit has transformed me to who you see now. I could not see my way clear through my addiction to see the providential hand yeah. of the Lord to get me to here now. That has, that's the Lord. Right. I did a part of partnering with him, but man, Which that's his grace. Truth. It's his yeah, grace that yeah. he even allows us to partner with him in writing this tapestry of grace throughout our lives. Man. Like, it's ridiculous. Bro, every time we get together, our time goes so quickly. So <laughs> we got to have you back. And so so thank you, Lord. The Lord keeps, keeps this conversation going because this is so rich. Because I think we get to talk about so many things yeah. that are, I'm going to say, uh, worthwhile to the kingdom of God, to the healing of the kingdom of God, because there's a level of transparency that you bring to the table around mm. depression, around mm. who you used to be, mm. to now mighty man of God being used. And, and I just see God walking you along this path where you're bridging all these people from these different backgrounds, right? right? Yeah. To to speak his the word. The athletic, the academic, the 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 theologian. The, yes. Yes. And I see God moving in your life. So we got to wrap up, but I want you to bless our audience with a word from the mighty and the most high Jesus Christ. Friends, Paul had that thorn. But Paul, by the grace of God, was told why he had that thorn. And in 2 Corinthians 12, Jesus says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Friend, listening to this podcast, if your weakness is in addiction, if your weakness is in a past hurt, harm, or danger, if your weakness is in a present apprehension, know that reliance on the Most High God and leaning on his people will turn that weakness into an access point for God's power. Be blessed today and every day in Jesus' name. 
There is nothing that needs to be added to that. Thank you. Like, follow, share, support us. Not asking for ourselves, asking for the kingdom of God. You can do all of that at FromBeerToTheBible.com. Remember, God loves you. He's not mad at you. And he has a great plan for your life. We'll see you next time on From Beer to the Bible. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.